Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rigsby Search Radio Podcast. My name is Sean Rigsby and I'm the managing partner of Rigsby Search Group. We are a Forbes awarded environmental recruiting firm based here in Cromwell, Connecticut. This podcast explores a host of different topics based around the environmental industry, as well as employment, recruiting, and human resources with expert guests in their respective fields. Today, we have a special guest. Roger Ferguson is the president of Penn Jersey Environmental Consulting in Stewartsville, New Jersey. Roger has been elected to the Licensed Site Remediation Professional Association Board of Trustees, where he served as president of the association in 2018 and remains active on the risk management and loss prevention and the regulatory outreach committees for the LSRPA. Please welcome Roger Ferguson. Roger, how are you doing today? Thank you, Sean. I'm doing well. Pleasure to be with you. Well, thank you for thank you for coming on board. Hey, um, I'm really glad you, glad you're here. I mean, you and I have known each other a long time. Uh, I consider you a friend, uh, and you you know your expertise in New Jersey, and you know and and what you've done uh, with the LSRPA and your and dealing with the people at DEP. You know, is you know you have some very strong relationships and experience. I know. The DEP had proposed some major revisions to the remediation standards back in April, and obviously I know we're in the middle of COVID, and and if I remember correctly, I think nothing's been done yet because everything's kind of in a flux here. But you know, I thought, yeah, I would love to get your thoughts and insight on some of the propo- uh, some of the revisions that are being proposed and how that's going to affect. Uh, you know, the LSRP, you know, the LSRPs and what's going on in New Jersey in regards to remediation work. Sure, Sean. And it's it's a longer story than that. This process started three or four years ago. We met routinely as a group for over a year. And then the whole process stopped when the new administration came in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sat well that? for several years. I I don't know. I I, I don't know exactly why. Uh, but it was it was not an a an administrative priority. Um, even though a large part of the process was to update the science behind the risk assessment and the remediation standards, we get new data for toxicity. Mm-hmm. EPA changes the guidance periodically. And that, that's a large part of, you know, of what some of the changes in the numeric standards are. Um, so we were as surprised as anybody when in April the rule proposal hit the street. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there so this had, wasn't there planned. Was, you, you, you were kind of surprised. You, weren't, you didn't know this was going to be happening. There was a stakeholder meeting, I want to say about a year ago, and okay. then radio silence again. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, you know, we we periodically would ask him and everybody would say, well, we don't know. It's up in the governor's office. Mm-hmm. And it just dropped at the beginning of April. Mm-hmm. So since that time, there's been a 
public comment period, and public comments, you know, were given in person via right. a webinar, and written comments have been received, and DEP is now reviewing the comments, and they have until next April to accept comments, I shouldn't say accept comments, publish responses to comments, and print the final rule. Otherwise, they have to start over. Mm -hmm. So I would expect between now and April 2021, we will see a final rule. Now, what's in the rule, people ask? Well, aside from changes to numbers for the soil standards that we've come to know and love, DEP is <laughs> proposing to add the impact of groundwater pathway to the rule. Okay. Which was, it was never a rule before. It was always just guidance. Um, they'll call it migration to groundwater for reasons that escape me, but whatever. And mm -hmm. they're also proposing to add the vapor intrusion screening levels to the rule. Those have never been promulgated through the official rulemaking process either. Why do you think the that? Why do you think they added that? Why do you think they added that? It's so they can collect damages and mm -hmm. recoup cost. There was a court decision in uh, Morristown where someone was asking for damages and the judge said, quote loosely, you don't get damages for just exceeding the screening level. Mm -hmm. It has to be over a standard. Right. And I think that that has a impacted the department's ability to recoup costs they've spent in their publicly funded program, mm -hmm. which is akin to Superfund. Um, so that, and they, Basically, in one of the meetings, they admitted that very fact. That's why they really did it. Now they will be able to enforce vapor intrusion pathway exceedances, and they will be able to recover funds. They cannot do either right now. They can make our life miserable, but they can't right. physically enforce it. Okay. Through a traditional okay. enforcement mechanism. Got um, it. So that, that's the primary driver behind it. Um, needless to say... I mean, to, to an LSRP, it doesn't make that much difference. Right. The number is still the number. Um, you know, there are – we're not allowed to disregard the numbers. Mm -hmm. um, but it makes – you know, the enforcement and the cost recovery aspects, you know, do come into play in our universe. The responsible party community, however, is not very pleased with this process, needless to say. Um, what are they saying? In our comments – they believe that these numbers should still be guidance and screen and considered a screening level okay. um, because there are so many variables that go into doing a site specific determination, um, especially the impact of groundwater pathway. Um, the numbers are so overly conservative and, and our instructions are, are, are now and will continue to be you know, there's additional steps you have to take to determine what is your site-specific impact of groundwater standard. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. not going to change. So if there's got always got to be a workaround, why would you promulgate a standard that that's that conservative? You know, for something like a compound like TCE, we're talking five parts per billion in soil. Right, right, right. A kind of number. I mean, it's right. Every time, you know, it's not hard to get five parts per billion in soil. 
So, you know, if, if you think of a regulatory scheme where you're taking care of, you know, 80 or 85 percent of the scenario is straightforward through rule, and then the other 15 percent, there's a workaround. To, to most people, that makes a lot of sense. DEP kind of said, no, we want, you know, everything in, in mm-hmm. rules like that. Fine. And so that's, it's, you know, we just have different regulatory perspectives with the right. department on that. Um, there are going to be some compounds where there are very significant changes proposed in the uh, standard. Ethyl benzene comes to mind that those numbers are going to drop by several orders of magnitude. Okay. Which will reopen gas station cases. Ethyl benzene will become the driver. It's you will cases will get reopened. We expect a lot of pushback from the regulated community on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be there across the bear, um, and certainly some of our members who do retail service station work are going to be caught in it. And right. it could be good for business, but you know we'll be also be supporting our petroleum clients and helping them you know, work through those issues. Right, um, right, right. You know, and, and it adds a lot of uncertainty, you know, to, to you know, because we, we haven't seen the response to comments. If they tweak a number, we haven't seen that. Right. Uh, and we won't see it till the rules published right now. So um, the one thing we do know is there will be a six-month uh, phase-in period. So if you can use the new rule, immediately if it helps you right or you have six months to phase in which where you have to use it and during that phase in period you can lock in the existing standards by submitting a remedial action work plan or a remedial action report mm-hmm. provided it's not there's not an order of magnitude decrease in the standard which ethyl benzene again would probably be a driver on, on those kinds of things do you think what do you what are your thoughts oh. with that six month window there? We're do, we're doing remedial action work plans right now to lock in the current standards for our clients. Okay. We're we're doing in cases where we might not normally do them. We're getting right. a key doc. We're getting that key document into the system uh, on several of our cases because so that sure. we have certainty as to what our remedy is going to be next year. Yeah, makes because sense. we don't want to be. Um, sitting next May with a remedial action time frame due. Mm-hmm. The mandatory time frame is due for the pre-99 cases and have the standards change on April 1st, six weeks, five weeks before a report is due to the state. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Assuming there's not an extension because of COVID and what have you. Um, right, right. And I mean, that's a... Hope we're out of this by then, but none of us know. Yeah, we, um, we so so you know, at least we can provide our clients with some level of certainty, you know, of what their remedy is going to be between now and when the report is submitted and or the, the REO is written. That's really what the requirement is. Right, right, right. So we're we're doing that on several sites now to just you know lock it in, and then all we have to do is finish the end of the day report and the remedial action report. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Get that in and you know, request the, you know, the remedial action permit for soil and or groundwater 
and get that into DDP, at least we hit the button and say, okay, our clock stopped, we're good. Hmm. So that's that's driving it's driving our thinking significantly um, to help some of our clients um, because you know, if they change a number by two tenths of a percent in the wrong direction, you know, mm-hmm. we may not have delineation. We may not be able to say they're done. One of the things I was thinking, I know with the LSRPA uh, meeting in February, and I, I looked at the agenda briefly, and I know you're pre- I know mm-hmm. you're going to be one of the presenters there. Is this on the is this on the docket? You know this this subject. Mm, I don't know. I don't. I don't recall seeing it on one. I would think it would be a pretty important thing to discuss. It's been. Yeah, I mean, they, things like this get discussed kind of as they happen. Right. Um, at this point, you know, we don't know what the final rule is going to say. Large portions of it could not be promulgated at all. I'll give sure. you an example. If you roll back the clock to 2008, when mm-hmm. the soil standards were first adopted, impact of groundwater was very hotly discussed during the rule proposal. And you know, vapor intrusion was just in its infancy, and they hadn't thought about making that a rule yet. Right, right, right. The comments were so voluminous that DEP at the last minute chose not to put impact of groundwork into the rule. And it is not impossible that that could happen again, that impact of groundwater, migration of groundwater, and or vapor intrusion are not in the final rule. I suspect for the impact of groundwater, it's pretty slim that that's going to be the case. All the tea leaves are lining up when you talk mm-hmm. to people in the building about various pieces of the program that that's going to happen. Right, right, right. I don't know that it's going to be the same for vapor intrusion, but it's also possible that, you know, that is not promulgated. So right now doing a two or three hour stand up on the subject when we don't know what the subject is going to be, it's premature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I suspect we, I suspect we won't see the written rule until right before the April, 2021 deadline yeah. for them to do it. It just takes them that long because once they've done their um, review and the response to comments, Sure. It's got to go up the ladder to the governor's office and back. The and wheels don't move fast. The wheels do no, not they don't. move. And obviously, no. everything is a lot slower with COVID and and how that's affecting you know these new guidelines and you know I'm sure it, yeah. you know it, it makes it tougher on, on you guys and especially with your client you know you have to kind of inform your clients and go here's some of the pending things that it, we got to be on the lookout for you you know and. Our- uh, yeah, it's funny. In, in some ways, we've continued without without missing a beat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the only person in the office anymore. Everybody else mm-hmm. is remote. Right, right, right. Kind of keep, you know, keep the printers and the the network and all that stuff and the phone system turned on. Sure. Um, but but we're busy as we've ever been right now. Oh, that's um, fantastic. We're getting field work done, and December is jammed to the gills. Yeah, um, we're seeing the same on our end. A beautiful thing, because uh, okay. I know a lot of people are just just so hurting, and I've got clients in the restaurant, a restaurant owner client, and wow, 
I know the pain they're going through. Sure. You know, I, I get that. My daughter and my son-in-law are in the restaurant business, and mm-hmm. they're working, but the bit the industry as a whole is just oh, yeah. decimated. It's, yeah, no, I have um, friends in that space as well. And I and I, so I'm you know very grateful that we're able to keep doing that. Yeah, um, but in some ways, you know, we can do things virtually. Go to meeting Zoom. Microsoft Teams, what have you, all the tools that we have, we've mm-hmm. actually become a little bit more efficient in those regards. But there's still no substitute for being on site to see something in my book. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. we are, um, we're plowing ahead full steam. So yeah. That's, um, yeah. We are at and it, but it's, the it's, same pace. Yeah. And we're jamming as well. So the, the 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 catch that is here in New Jersey is the remedial timeframes, right? And when the LSRP program was created, the legislature created this time, you know, the concept of a remediation timeframe, right? To keep people from warehousing sites and not doing the work, mm-hmm. which of course they weren't doing the work before under DEP's direct oversight, but whatever, right, um, right, right. And so DEP created these arbitrary deadlines that they are really hammering people on. Okay. And we have to pay a lot as LSRPs, we have to pay a lot of attention to them. And there are certain points when we are obligated to notify our client and the department that they might miss a time frame. And May twenty twenty one is one of those deadlines. Okay. That's looming. When COVID hit, the governor wrote his executive order, right? And DEP did a rule amendment about timeframes in April, basically saying that if your timeframe occurs while the governor's executive order is running, you get that extension to your time. The way they wrote it is such that if we're talking to May, the May seventh, twenty twenty one timeframe, if the governor were to end by some miracle, the executive order, April 30th. Right. Because we have enough vaccines, everybody's been vaccinated twice, and it actually all works. Mm-hmm. Somebody with a May 7th, 2021 deadline won't get the benefit of that extension. Hmm. And, DE- and DEP doesn't want to talk to people about that. Right. So, you know, the, the, this... A, you know, it's driving a lot of work in the industry right now to meet these time frames. And it's, I'll admit, it's great for business, but it's, right. you know, very frustrating to represent a client who, you know, I can't give them a straight answer. No, I know. Well, they're like, well, well, the legislature will extend it. I'm like, I don't know that. I wouldn't count on that. We've been down this road before. You got to assume it's your, not. Other if it happens, you got to assume it's not. I mean, you're, you got to err on the side of caution. And the consequences are direct oversight, which means DEP looking looking over to your shoulder in what was called the bad place when the program was created. Right. And believe me, it's no fun to be there. No, um, I'm sure. So that's the other thing that's you know driving our world right now and we're advising our clients accordingly we're we've sent in 
notices for some sites that said, we right. don't think you're going to make it. Right. It actually starts the negotiations with the department to create an administrative consent order or penalties to reset the time frame. Right, right, right. And they're, over, they're overwhelmed by that process already. Mm-hmm. It's taking forever to get stuff through. Um, and I don't know if it's COVID-related or just sheer volume or both. Um, you know, the path that they set forward for people is not working. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole nother um, ancillary issue that's going on in our industry right now in New Jersey. It's driving the boat on a lot of stuff. Drillers are really busy. Labs are, you know, jammed to the gills right now because people are rushing to try to get stuff done and out the door. And I'm, yeah. I'm doing it too. Yeah. And I've got new work com- and I've got new work coming in. We're doing a lot of solar redevelopment work right now. Yeah. That's kind of exciting. It's really cool stuff. Put solar yeah. on old landfills. Beautiful yeah. thing. Um, I think you're going to see more. I think you're going to see uh, uh, a bit more activity. I was uh, I was interviewed um, by this publication called Hunt Scanlon, which is kind of more on the human capital side, and they were kind of asking some you know some different experts in industries. They were I they asked me from the environmental side and they spoke to other recruiters in other industries, you know, Biden saying, you know, 10 million green jobs. And I think you're going to see more on the renewable and sustainability side. And, you know, we'll, you know, and I've been asking my clients what, what their mm-hmm. thought process is and where they're going to need us and what their, you know, what their thoughts. So it's kind of exciting. We're going to have to see how, uh, how it plays out. I mean, we've been, you know, we've been very busy in, you know, a lot of the areas we normally work in and such. And, you know, and uh, but, yeah, it's kind of interesting, uh, you know, some exciting times where things are going and stuff. But, you know, Roger, this has been this has really been fantastic. I appreciate you kind of sharing some of your insight and expertise on this. And obviously, it sounds like you're, you know, you're right on top of it. And I'm sure your clients really, uh, really appreciate it. And I know the people when they listen to the podcast are going to really uh you know take some of these comments to heart and and it's going to definitely be helpful for them and but you know i wanted to thank you again roger for you know talking with me today and giving me and giving me your insight um if you'd like to learn more about rigsby search group you can find us at rigsbysearch.com and if you'd like to talk with me or you can contact me and my office line is 860 Five zero five zero zero one three, or you can email me at srigsby at rigsbysearch.com. Thank you for listening and have a great day.